Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Yes, sir. Indeed, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and we are like completely jazzed to be with you today. What a great lineup we have in store for you. First off, we're going to be talking with uh, Trish, uh, as I said, Trish Kinney, who is going to join us here to tell us about, uh, you, you know, what is it about family reactions to different levels of abuse and incest? What is it about that? You know, is there a protocol for that? Is there a right way? Is there another way? But, you know, what are the main issues? Why is it some people speak out and others do not? Well, we're going to be talking with her about why did Mackenzie Phillips tell and what that means in the scheme of things in terms of healing and otherwise. She's joining us here today on the show. She is a blogger for the Huffington Post, an award-winning documentary filmmaker, actress, dancer, choreographer. She can give Benny and I a few moves here. And is well known for speaking out about her amazing recovery from cancer and the profound impact of mind-body connection. That's why she's a perfect fit for the Dr. Pat show. We're going to get to chat with her about what she's learned along the way and what some of the things are uh, that we should know about the secrets we keep within us. So let us all welcome Trish to the Dr. Pat Show. Trish, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on the show. Wow, this is a kind of uh, interesting and difficult conversation for a lot of people. Um, I have some personal friends, by the way, that um, have a history of childhood abuse and to this day can't talk about it. And so I wanted to ask you why this became such an important conversation for you and then why Mackenzie Phillips? Well, I guess I could start with my own story and, and some of the similarities between what Mackenzie's probably experiencing right now. Uh, first of all, I want to say that even though there are an unimaginable number of ways a child can be sexually abused, and each of us have our own details on those particular stories, I think there's much more uh, in the way of similarities between how it affects us after it happens to us and as we age. Um, those things we share more in common than necessarily the details of what happened to us. Uh-huh. Yes. And the, the telling part is I believe the key that sort of jump starts your healing. And I also believe that not telling is the key to the many physical problems that uh, sexual abuse survivors face, whether it be disease or just ongoing emotional and physical you know, ailments. But when you hold something like that inside and it begins to move around and cause trouble inside of you, if you don't get that out and deal with it, at some point, I believe your body is going to take that on. And part of the conversation here is why do some people, why do some people keep it what buried well deep inside? Perhaps for lifetimes, right, Trish? I mean, oh yeah, you know. But what is it that then compels others to speak out about it? I think there are so many components to that question. Again, that it's hard to even imagine what they all are. 
But I think it's very important in terms of educating ourselves about this topic, and I can speak from my own experience and certainly from what Mackenzie Phillips disclosed on the Oprah Winfrey Show, yep. that people who have never experienced this don't understand, and it can be very hurtful to survivors. They don't understand why when your father you know, suddenly behaves inappropriately with you sexually that you don't just jump up out of that place where you are and start telling everybody, look what my dad did, you know. It doesn't work that way. And a part of that is because he's your dad or he's your brother or he's your uncle. And it, it, it's, first of all, something you can't even process right away. Right. You may not even know that it's inappropriate depending on your age. And, and there's the conflict of sometimes it kind of feels good. And as a child, you don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You just know it feels good, like eating an ice cream cone might, you know, taste good. Mm -hmm. And so you, you don't really understand anything about it in the beginning. Now, in my case, my sister was sexually abused by my father for pretty much our entire childhood. And he didn't really turn to me in that particular way, although our environment was very sexualized, until the night before he gave her away at her wedding. And so I was much older, and I had a better opportunity to cope with it as an older child rather than a very young child. But, you know, I didn't get out of that car and go into the wedding party and pull my mother aside and say, oh, my gosh, my dad, you know, just made out with me in the car. Can mm. you please help me? Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. Mm. And I, I can't explain to you why you don't do that. But having had that experience myself, it helped me understand why my sister never did it. But I think there comes a time when you feel tired of feeling so bad. And it depends on the level of abuse and your response to abuse. But seriously, there comes a time when you almost feel like if you don't tell, your life is going to be spent in this terrible turmoil. And I just felt that I didn't want to live my life that way. One of the things I love about you coming to the show and speaking out is the conversation that people will have with themselves after hearing today's show. And it's a conversation that, you know, perhaps we don't fully understand in terms of what we say to ourselves. You know what I'm saying, Trish? Of course. And you you really nailed something when you talked about the fact that when we're younger and if we experience something like this, we don't know how to make sense of it. But then we go through a life, a journey, and certain things come up that cause us to perhaps not be as successful as we wanted to be, not have love relationships. Can you tell us about these journeys? And can you tell us about your own personal experience? Well, first of all, I think that you have made a very, very good point, is that people, it takes a different amount of time for some people to come to terms with it or even to acknowledge it. And again, sometimes, you know, I like to say I'm a high-risk cancer survivor. Yep. And I like to say that cancer and abuse act the same way inside mm. of you. Mm -hmm. It burrows around inside of you, and it tries to remain undetected. And you have to go looking for it, and then you have to root it out. Because otherwise, it's going to have its way with you inside of you. Mm -hmm. And so different people respond at different times in their life. And you make a good point that there are certain triggers that come up Sometimes it's maybe if you have a child and they get to be the age you were when you started experiencing the abuse. Sometimes that's the trigger. Sometimes the trigger is in your intimate relationship. Or sometimes your trigger is that you're, you know, promiscuous and you don't understand why because that doesn't seem like the way you should be. 
Uh, sometimes you have addiction problems, and if you decide you want to get to the root of these things, it's the abuse that comes up. Some people are more naturally gifted at getting in there and fighting like a warrior and just demanding survival. And some people have problems coming out and declaring themselves because they've been victimized for so long. It's just not natural behavior. And they actually stay connected to their abusers, particularly on the family side, for the rest of their lives. So it's a very difficult process, and everyone comes at it in a different way, and the outcomes vary tremendously. I love your courage. You know, I don't know, Trish, and I hope we can, we'll get to this in the, in, in the remainder of the show. If for those that are listening to the show that are in this place where you know what your past has been like, you know how difficult this conversation is to have. But on the other hand, Trish, isn't it also freeing? And I want to ask you about the freedom that you experience, not just with your history of abuse, but also the freedom that you get to talk about from, you know, your victory and your conversation about cancer. Well, it's thrilling, to put it mildly. It's absolutely thrilling. And, you know, I believe that my cancer, the tumor that I made, was filled with my abusive background. And I, you know, where my tumor was, was the very spot on my body that my father inappropriately touched the first time. And I was leading such a crisis-ridden emotional life, a sort of a secret life at that time, that I just couldn't go on without declaring either I was going to be my father's daughter and all of these secret sexual things were going to become my life, or I was going to move completely into my healthy, happy, successful life, which I actually did have at the time. And when I decided I was going to be that good person and put away the addictive secret life my father had taught me to lead, it was a revelation, and I immediately made a huge breast tumor. And I had the opportunity to have a bone marrow transplant as part of my treatment, which was the most transformational healing experience you could ever imagine. And I certainly don't uh, recommend (laughs) bone marrow transplants for uh, abuse survivors, but I will say that the concept of burning out your compromised immune system and then allowing yourself to burn out your trauma with it And then getting your own stem cells back and making every cell in your body from scratch is like a rebirth. And I do think that's a good model for us, that we do have to burn out the bad and move forward creating the good where there wasn't any before. And that includes, by the way, not spending a lifetime trying to get the love and validation of those people that hurt you. Because if you read a textbook, it's going to tell you that chances are that's not going to happen. Oh, no kidding. You have and to boy, reach out and find oh, your own family. Right. And your own love. And, and you know, and honestly, we'll, you will end up killing yourself trying. We are going to talk about you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, Trish Kinney joining us here today. A story that is for so many people that want to be free in their lives. Uh, her message, her book. The power of this is beyond anything I can even articulate. When we come back, we'll be talking about running, hiding, and freedom. But most importantly, what does it mean to come to terms with the things that happen to you in life? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with The Dr. Pat Show.
Are you in constant pain and tired of taking pain pills? At Holistique Medical Center, our physicians listen, examine, and find the root cause of your pain. Comprehensive, non-invasive, scientific, and energy-based natural therapies do exist to treat your pain and its root cause. Contact Holistique Medical Center to transform your life. Call 425-451-0404 or on the web at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food? counting points, or having risky surgery. I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. Are you tired of waking with aches and pains? Sick of taking one prescription drug after another? Would you like to take complete charge of your health? At Vitality Chiropractic, Dr. Bonnie Verhunt specializes in all-natural treatments for everything from arthritis to chronic fatigue. For information on how chiropractic can change your life, visit vitalitychiropractic.com or call 206-824-5521. And be sure to listen to Dr. Bonnie Verhunt on The Dr. Pat Show. How would you like increased health and vitality? Would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? Would you like relief from allergy, weight, and digestive issues? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural technique. Whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality, contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit maryjanemack.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. I want to make sure every one of you out there gets to meet my very special guest today, Trish Kinney. Uh, we're talking about perhaps some things that you've heard before, but I would guarantee you some things you've not heard before. Uh, and we're going to talk about why did McKinsey Phillips tell. But more importantly, we're going to talk about what it is that shows up in life. You know, what are some of the things we can point to? And what is Trish Kinney absolutely passionate about? And so whether or not you're reading her book, whether or not you're talking um, with her or reading her blog, the point is this. She's on a mission, and the mission affects millions of people. If you want to find out more, go to Silver 
silverplattergirl.com, silverplattergirl.com. You'll find out about the book. You'll find out about the blog and much more. Trish, I want to thank you for joining us here today and talking with us about something that is very important to me, something that I think is so misunderstood and something that I think is so pushed under the carpet that we can't even have a universal set of laws to address. So thank you for joining us today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about the journey and some of the side effects. And I think perhaps maybe starting off with, you know, the whole McKinsey Phillips story is important because people made opinions, created informed opinions about McKinsey Phillips, you know, drug addict, alcoholic. I mean, we do this all the time. Are we evading, avoiding the issue? Are we ourselves running and trying to hide? I definitely think we are. And this is part of why I decided to go public with my story. I was probably 95% healed from the wounds of both my cancer and my sexual abuse all at the same time in a bone marrow transplant room. But I wanted that other 5% of healing. And how I got it was I started to tell about it. And I did it in a very different way than McKenzie. And unfortunately, McKenzie made it difficult for herself and also gave a little bit of an out to those people who do not want to hear about it or talk about it in a, in a couple of ways, if I could say what those are. Uh, first of all, she has her drug history, and she's only been clean and sober for a year by her own admission. So naturally that gives people an opportunity to say, well, she has an integrity problem, she has a credibility problem because she admits she was using drugs at the time of the incest, and she used drugs for a long time after that. And what it's important to point out, and what I don't think she did a really good job of pointing out, is that she was a drug addict because she lived in a drug culture with her family, and her father introduced her to and encouraged her drug use. Let's give our listeners a little background on who Mackenzie Phillips is. Well, you know, Mackenzie Phillips showed up on the Oprah Winfrey show one day, and her father is John Phillips, one of the original mamas and the papas, who was really the creative force, a beloved cultural icon in our society, who wrote you know, California Dreamin' and Monday, Monday. And, uh, you know, heavy drug use and uh, in the rock and roll fantasy world. And according to Mackenzie's story, when she was 11 years old, she tried drugs for the first time with the full you know, validation of her father. Uh, they did drugs together. Uh, when he, when she first discovered that her father was sexually violating her, it was after a night of drugs and uh, and alcohol and various other kinds of things. So she came forward and said she had a consensual incestual relationship with her father until she was in her late 20s. And I think that was the other way she made it difficult for herself. Uh, is that she isn't very far along in her recovery. And there are a lot of things about her own story that she doesn't understand yet. And she took a lot of responsibility for her own story by saying how much she loved and adored her father and how we shouldn't judge him harshly, and also by calling it consensual. Because when this begins, when you're a child, there's no way that you can give any kind of informed consent at that point or any time thereafter. So... For those naysayers who don't really believe the story of rampant sexual abuse, particularly in children, unfortunately, McKinsey Phillips gave them some real out. And don't you think that part of that 
um, and I don't know, but I want to ask your opinion about it. Do you think that part of her rationale for taking that approach was, A, the fear that people wouldn't really believe or, you know, take her seriously, given who he was, or... The other part of this is that she she demonstrates some of the very typical uh, symptoms of guilt and shame and, you know, honestly believes that at a very young age, she could be responsible for that. Oh, it's definitely, in my opinion, the second one. She was, the reason I know she's telling the truth is because she looks and acts exactly like a sexual abuse victim. Everything that she said, her demeanor, uh, every every. The way that she presented herself is very classical. But, you know, I do feel that it, it, the reason that she took that approach is because that's where she is in her own recovery. This is what she really believes. I think the reason she presented it that way is because she did adore her father, and she, she wants to tell for her own perceived benefit, but she doesn't want anyone to think badly of him. Mm-hmm. And that's very unfortunate. Because, again, so many people will, I mean, I saw comments on the blog that I wrote about it. I had lots and lots of comments. And some people said, oh, give me a break. You know, she was old enough to know better. She did that. If she hadn't gotten pregnant, you know, she would have been sleeping with him until her father died. Uh, so, you know, again, wow. she, just, she gave these openings for people to, you know, not believe what she said or to hold her responsible. And, frankly, in a small way, McKinsey kind of opened the door, cracked the door a little bit for that by not really having been that far along in her own therapy and understanding of her own experience. It's going to be interesting to see what she writes five years from now, perhaps, given that she stays clean and sober uh, along the way. Um, but also, Trish, you know, from your perspective, you and I were talking during break about the level of awareness, heightened awareness from shows like uh, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, uh, Criminal Minds. I mean, even if they, these are not, quote, the most enlightened stories, uh, excuse me, shows, they are definitely high mainstream visual media that people plugged into. Do these help or hinder your cause, and then what's the next level for you? Well, I believe that they do help the cause tremendously, in particular, not just to the episodic television like Law & Order SBU, but also like the Oprah Winfrey show was years ago. Oh, yeah. She came out. I mean, those two shows helped me tremendously, each in their own way. Uh, I was listening to the Oprah Winfrey show fairly young in life when she started talking about how you don't have to be raped every night to be a sexual abuse victim, that it can be all of these other ways that make you feel the same way as if someone was coming in your room every night. That was huge validation for me since my sister was the primary victim and I didn't feel I had enough abuse to compare to hers. And then SBU did a show about a sexual abuse victim who had actually never been touched by her father but he had built such a sexual environment on their, in their home that she felt as if she had been violated. And mm-hmm. so those two things spoke directly to me. And I think it's educational. I think it's validating. And I think they're really important to do the one thing I'm on a real campaign to do, and that's to desensitize and educate our culture about this subject. I mean, the longer that I've talked on the radio and blogged and, and done book signings and read from my book in public, the easier it gets for me to talk about these things. 
in the beginning, it was devastating. Right. And if that can happen to me, I think it can happen to all of us. You know, I want to ask you one last question, and, and I want to thank you. When, when the expose came out about priests... And, uh, you know, I'm talking from a religious point of view, priests, pastors, whatever, whatever the expose talked about, people were appalled. Uh, Yet in our everyday lives, we hear about sexual abuse and we're confused. Why is it that we can get up in arms about priests, but we don't have the same passion, anger to create change for the average everyday family that goes through this? Well, I think that's an excellent question and stated in a great, a great manner because you do make a, a very, very good point. I think the reason people felt safe expressing outrage about the priest abuse is because priests are supposed to be men of God and they're supposed to be a, a beyond reproach and they're supposed to be trusted. You're supposed to be safe with the priest. And it broke that sacred trust. But, you know, to me, that's the same thing as, as your own father. It's exactly the identical thing. If you can't trust and feel safe with your father, you're in a lot of trouble. But for some reason, when it's cloaked in religion, people feel okay saying, well, that's unacceptable. When it's behind the doors of a family home, it's not, you know, as okay to talk about it. But I wanted to add to that that I, I don't have any anger left about any abuse issues in my life anymore, except the Catholic Church priest scandal. I feel <laughs> still very angry yeah. about that. Mm. And the reason that I do is because I don't believe that the Church has acknowledged properly uh, their culpability in that. And that's the part that makes me angry. I understand that priests took advantage of situations, and maybe that's why some of them became priests. Who knows? But I don't think that the hierarchy of the Church has made that as right as they could. And that's the key piece of healing is that validation that, you know, you were done wrong and someone's going to be held responsible for it. And that hasn't happened, certainly to my standard at this point. Well, I have to tell you, thank you so much for doing what you're doing, for bringing the conversation out of the closet. I still think, like, I think you and I are on the same page. We've just barely scratched the surface on this. But if we keep having conversations like the one we had today, Trish, uh, we are going to be opening, um, actually, we're going to be pounding down more doors. So thank you so much. Thank you for writing the book. And thank you for being courageous to blog about something that people just don't want to talk about. Thank you. And thanks so much for having people like me on your show. It's, it's the grassroots of change. Well, and we're going to give you a copy of this show for you to put right on your website as well. All right, everyone, let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how we help each other. We're going to talk about what it is that we can learn from people like uh, Dr. Northrup, Cheryl Richardson. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 